What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in and get a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go? Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. And we're covering the Preakness, of course, today. More Preakness coverage here at RaisingDudes.com. We haven't really got Papa Dude's thoughts on it. So we had to uh, get him on, get his thoughts today on the Preakness. We're going to cover that race. We're going to cover a lot of the undercard races. Well, maybe not a lot, but a few of the undercard races as well. Uh, Papa Dude, before we begin, did mm-hmm. you stay up for the Calgary Edmonton uh, hockey game? <laughs> no, here was my theory. I bet it was the same as yours, probably. You didn't make it either, did you? No, um, I was definitely awake last night. Yes. Oh, you stayed up. Yes. Were you doing something else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You didn't stay up for. The, you saw the score and really weren't. You didn't stay up for that, right? I no. had it on in the background. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Because I was up till God knows when the night before. Right. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this will be a nice time to go to bed early tonight when the score was six to one. <laughs> right. And total domination by yeah. the Flames. So this morning I got up watching, or I got up ready to uh, write the article. And I thought, well, I better check and see what the final score was. <laughs> when I saw what happened, I was absolutely shocked it was wild it was a wild game it was six to one and then uh it was six to five before you could bleak it out well, didn't so, they end up tying it yeah they did uh and then ended up giving up three more goals and yeah everybody's on mike smith's case uh today he got um, pulled after three so the yeah, other six were up. not on mike smith <laughs> no and that's what everybody they saw him getting get pulled yeah and the other guy gave up actually five because one of them was true i think yeah but uh, I think it was a total breakdown of the entire back line of the Oilers and the goalie. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It, it, and Jacob Markstrom really didn't play that well either. For no, obviously not. He gets the win in a 9-6 game. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the ironic thing about this, there's so many things, is Calgary couldn't score a goal mm-hmm. in the first round. They scored 15 goals in seven games, and they come out and score nine in game one against Edmonton. And the other thing is, if you're Edmonton, you go into Calgary, a team that hadn't been scoring very well, you score six, and you don't win. It's wild. And, it's absolutely you know, wild. I, I, I have no other way to describe no. it. It was just a – it was a scene, let me tell you. It was, <laughs> Jared's tinder dates last longer than Mike Smith, according to, to Magic. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a wild game. Pretty early. Pretty yeah, early. Yes, for sure. And then the first game went into overtime – I felt like Carolina just looked disinterested for two periods and then finally started to play a little bit. Yep. That's about the way to explain it. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, New York squandered a perfect opportunity to get a win in Carolina last night too. So, yeah. And we'll talk about another team that did the same thing here in a little bit. So yep, it seems to be the theme right now. It definitely does. But before yeah. we get into more hockey, I will pull up the Preakness field for us now. Um, you know, it got set on Monday. Like I said, you and I have not been on to talk about it together. 
Uh, of course, you've handicapped it. You can find Papa Dude's picks in the wagering guide, which should be out sometime today. Uh, the full guide will be available. And we'll kick it off with the Preakness. I know who you picked. The people don't know who you picked just yet. Um, all right. So who do you have on top and why? Well, it's pretty simple. The best horse in the field is Epicenter. There's no question. And if he runs his race, it's not going to be close, I don't think. I just don't see him losing if he runs his race. So you have to go with him. The problem's going to be, for betters, I think he'll get down to three to five, probably. So you got to say to yourself, is that worth betting on? And my answer is no, Mm -hmm. at three to five. Now, four to five and above, maybe, if you want to throw a lot of money, you know, um, to bet him. But realistically, if he runs his race, and by the way, all the uh, video I've seen of him in training, God, if he doesn't look great, mm-hmm. I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen a horse look so good as he does in training. And you know that Aspison's got him ready. If he fires, I just don't think any anything else can beat him. Uh, so I'm going with him. I really, I have secret O's second. And I like what the coach said this morning or yesterday, whenever I saw it this morning, I don't know when that actually came out about how he thought they should have won the Arkansas Derby. And I kind of have to agree with him. Uh, She just didn't fire for some reason in that one. He didn't get a good trip and he didn't think she got a very good ride. And I'm telling you, she blew a pretty good field away in the Kentucky hoax. And I'm not too sure Anybody but maybe two or three in this race right here could have beat a couple of the best horses in the Kentucky Oaks. I'm serious when I say that. So I think if she gets the right trip, gets the kick, say Epicenter gets in a duel with early voting, she might have enough in her to get it, get it done. So I've got her second. And then, you know, now, well, go ahead. I'm sure, you, are you sticking with Epicenter or did you try to beat him? No, I stuck with Epicenter. Okay. I think he just makes too much sense. I actually think he's sitting on the biggest race yet for him. Well, he looks it. He looks it. A lot of people are talking about the two weeks thing. And, and you look at Aspius and horses in the Preakness that yeah. come into the Derby. They usually run better in the Preakness than they did in the Derby. So yeah. uh, I certainly think he's sitting on a huge, huge race. And oh, he looks it. Listen, but- you know no matter what kind of running style you ask him to do, he can win from there. Um, I think he's, he's, he's sitting on a big one. You talk about secret oath and you kind of, you have to think back. What would you think of her if she would have won the Arkansas? Oh, I know. She probably would have been the heavy favorite in the, in the Kentucky Oaks. I never know. She may have been in the Kentucky Derby if she would have won the Arkansas Derby. You know, the way he talks, if you want to believe him and the owner, he says that was never an option. Yeah. I I tend to believe him because I, I don't think he would say that if he if he didn't mean it. I, I, I just don't. And his reasoning behind all of it makes too much sense. Yeah. To not put her in there. He ran in the derby because of the prep the 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 uh, purse. He ran in the Arkansas Derby for the money. Well, the money and it's a grade one, and that's very yes. important for those yes. owners to get a grade one win. Absolutely. The biggest thing, guys, and he said this from the very start, he'll take a shot against the boys when, A, he thinks he has the horse yes. that can do it, 
and B, the field isn't isn't just all that great. And, and that's exactly what we got. The Arkansas Derby field was not that great. I right. think you can look at it now and say the two best horses out of that race didn't fire that day. We the people was mm -hmm. just didn't show up. Nope. He might end up being a good horse. He mm -hmm. certainly looked good in the Peter Pan, but he didn't show up that day at all. Mm -mm. And she didn't show up. Well, and like I oh. said, you can blame the rye. You can blame the trip. I saw her with my own two eyes that day, and she didn't look Me anything too. physically like she did in Kentucky. So no. she may have just not been 100% well, for that and, race. Yeah, and here's the other thing. When she made the turn, and if you've seen all of her winning races, when she makes that turn and she's as close to the front as she was, it's over. She has blown these other horses away. And I thought she was going to win. Mm -hmm. But she made the turn, didn't you? Yeah, she passed six horses in a blink of an eye. In a blink of an eye. Maybe, I guess you could argue she came too quick. I don't know. She hit She hit a wall that day. And it's she a did. wall she hasn't hit in any of her prior mm -hmm. races this year or the one after. Yeah. The big thing is uh, she's the only grade one winner in the field, although the grade one did come against Phillies. But like mm -hmm. you said, the Kentucky Oaks, before the race, everybody was talking that race up. Like, this is a really oh. good group. And exactly. that was not a competitive race. So, no. I mean. No, she won that easy. I kind of like you. I've kind of fallen into this. I think it's going to be one of those two. I do too. I, I uh, We were talking, well, I'll get to that in a little bit, but the early voting thing, what do you think? Do you, uh, do you think he's good enough? Well, and let's throw with that question. We'll throw this question up. And Rodney Evans says, "Where does where's the speed coming from? Will right. there be a pace meltdown?" Well, your speed horse is early voting, right? There's, there's almost no doubt he's going to be at, at, on the lead. Mm -hmm. He's got to. And then uh, Rodney, to answer your question, there won't be a meltdown unless Armanac or Fenwick can get out there with him. Or maybe a simplification breaks really well and gets out towards the front. Those three horses will be the key. Early right. voting is going. Yes. That's that's a given. Armagnac, every time he enters, they say he's going to be a part of the pace. And he just really hasn't been in stakes races. So he's going to have to do something that he's supposed to have done the last two or three times he ran in stakes, but didn't do. So he'll have to do that. And then Fenwick, I mean... He did take a maiden special weight field gate to wire. He wasn't on the lead in a, in a slow pace of the bluegrass last time out. I mean, he's capable of getting up there, but I would call the three and the seven, the other two main main pace plays, mm -hmm. highly questionable that they can run with early voting early. Oh, I, that's what I think, yeah. Therefore, I don't see a pace meltdown in this situation. Well, in... in I don't think Epicenter is going to let that horse get too far out. Yeah. I think he's going to lay off a little bit. So that's the, just, just to jump in. Get him. Just, yeah, just to jump in and I'll, I'll steal what you just said. And I was talking over you, but he, that's the advantage Epicenter has. If say early voting goes to, and, and I don't want this to happen. He's, he's safe. Let's say, but he, he got, he goes to his knees and he just doesn't get a good break and he gets behind. Well, if nobody's on the lead, Epicenter can go out there and get it, right? Yeah. He's also versatile enough to where if early voting goes out there and it's a slow pace, right? he can sit closer than what he probably mm. projected to sit before the race started. <clears throat> so that's the key right there. 
Right. Epicenter is versatile and that's his big help. And that's what is going to make him tough to beat. I agree. And I think secret oath is going to set off a little bit too. Yeah. And make that big push like she does. Yeah. The, the difference I think is I don't think secret oath is capable of sitting as close as right. epicenter. But right. yeah, I think what you saw in the Kentucky Oaks and why you saw that improvement from, from secret oath in her other races, Contreras had her in last. She doesn't yeah. need to be in last. No. And then Louis Sia, as you fast forward to the Kentucky Derby, she's the middle of the pack. That's where she needs to be. I mean, she's not. D. Wayne says she could set the pace if they asked her. I'm not sure about that, but she needs to be about mid pack. And she still could come with that run. But mm-hmm. when you're sitting closer, yeah. you obviously, it, it, you know, I don't have to explain that. You're going to have a, you're going to have a faster run to get to that leader when you're yeah. sitting closer to him. Well, this makes sense. So I think, I think we're looking at 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 early voting and secret oath as the main competition. Yeah. Although the number one horse, we've got to talk about him a little bit. I think. Yeah. Let's move on to simplification. Uh, commenter here says speed, early voting, Armanac, or simplification. Simplification does great when on the rail and hugs the rail throughout. We've talked about this horse a lot on all our shows. It's like. You just never really know. Is he going to yeah. break poorly and be last? Is he going to be on the lead? He has the ability to sit second or third, sit kind of where Epicenter is sitting. Um, you said before we got on the air, I, I'm really starting to like simplification. Mm-hmm. So talk about simplification. Well, I don't know whether you call six to one a long shot. I, I think he's going to be the fourth choice in the race. A fourth choice in a field of nine starts to become a long shot. In yeah, position. and I, I, I think six to one. I don't think he's going to get any lower than that, his odds. I really don't, because I think some of the, the you know, secret oath, early voting, and Epicenter are going to take the money. And I think he's going to hang right in there six to one, may drop five to five to one, maybe. I don't know. The thing I don't like about him is he doesn't win. You know, he might just be one of those second and third type horses. Mm-hmm. We've all seen him, you know. They run well, but they don't ever get the lead. But my gosh, when you look at his track record, it's it's as good as anybody else's but Epicenter as far as the males go. Yeah. You know, his last four races, second in the Holy Bull, first in the Fountain of Youth, third in the Florida Derby, fourth in the Kentucky Derby. Who besides Epicenter can say that Yeah, in that field? Very consistent. Yes, and he runs in, in anything, you know, he's just, he's not going to be in awe of anything. So to me, if you consider six to one as a long shot, and I'm thinking he might even end up eight to one, maybe that's your, I, that would be my pick for the big upset. And I don't know that it's that big an upset, the more I look at it. Yeah. I, I think on paper it's not, but I think by the time they go off and again, it's all we're guessing what those, yeah. what those final odds will be, but I I'm with you. I think you're going to get every bit of six to one. So, yeah. you know, do I like him to win? No, but am I going to tell anybody that asked me, Hey, what do you think of simplification? I think I'm going to bet him to win. I'm probably going to say, go ahead and try it. Like sure. you're going to get the price. He's really consistent. If you go back and watch his Kentucky Derby, it was probably the best race of his career. He didn't, have anything go really his way from a trip perspective and was still able to go out there and get fourth. Um, you know, how he comes back, how he bounces back out of there. We'll see. He was the first one out of the Preakness horses to arrive at Pimlico for right. whatever that's worth. 
I think he'll be in the mix. I think if you bet him, you're not going to think you don't have any chance. Like exactly. I think he's going to show you that he's got, he's going to give you a chance to win. Yes. And here's the deal. Okay. Let's say you want to bet. I'm just going to throw out $40. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you better off putting, and, and let's say it's 40 that you can lose. You don't, it's mm -hmm. not going to bother you one way or the other. And epicenter is three to five. Wouldn't you be better off of throwing forty dollars that you don't care whether you lose or not on a six to one than a three to five in this race? Yeah, I mean, I I, I get it, and in the long term, the answer is one hundred percent yes. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, here's my problem with Epicenter. Like we talked about Jackie's Warrior right mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago, and how right. well, hey, we'll take even money. That's a gift. We'll take yes. four to five. Reason being is when Jackie's Warrior fires, he doesn't lose. No, it's over. Yeah. Epicenter has fired twice and lost and lost to horses that arguably are not as good as a few that are in this race. Yeah. That's why he's tough to swallow as just At a straight win. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, if you're thinking, okay, let's, let's, let's take your $40 as mm -hmm. an example. Well, if he's three to five, you're going to win $28. On a okay. Win Something like that. Yeah, it'll, if he's three to five, that's what you're winning on a $40 okay. bet. You're winning 28. Okay. I mean, if simplification wins, you know, yeah. you're getting like 200 bucks back, 240 back if, if, if he's the price. Yeah. So would you rather bet 40 to make 240 or 40 to make 28? Right. That's, that's right where, that's where it's at. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking about if you have 40 bucks that you can afford to lose. Now, if you got 40 bucks that you can't afford to lose, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Or if you Epicenter is your top choice and you do not want to play another horse, which is where I sit, mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta get creative with an exacta or a trifecta yeah. and try yeah. to create value that way. Or and you can do that. As I wrote in the guide, if he's six to five, go ahead oh. and bet him to win. Yes. But, but I don't see any way he's gonna be six to five to no. you. I project him to be three or four to five. Yeah. And that's when it's just like, if that just gets a little bit. Dicey. Well, the Philly's going to take some money. Yeah. Just because she's a Philly and because it's Lucas. Yeah. And I think the networks will blow that up mm -hmm. as a big deal. So she's going to come down from nine to two. Yeah. I would think she might be seven to two, three to one before it's over. On the show this morning, or I guess early afternoon, Samich said in the overseas market, uh, Epicenter, you could get right around even money right now. Is that right? Yeah. And oh, Epicenter, Epicenter. Okay. And then the Philly and uh, early voting are both around that nine to two mark. Okay. So, so she has not come down overseas. Yeah. And again, overseas and here, two very different things. So, well, yeah. overseas, do they know? They probably don't know the story of. Lucas and Secret Oath, you think? They probably well, don't I mean, they're, know they're much just, about it. Yeah. They're just painting. Like, th these these aren't $2 betters that are betting yeah. the Silver Sea right now. Yeah. 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 So that's a big factor of it as You're, well. Secret Oath is going to take some of this, the casual oh, yeah. betters money. Probably yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's see. Wrong one. Well, let's keep going here. Uh, any love for Creative Minister, the two horse for Kenny McPeak? Uh, and then Rodney also brings up creative minister. Uh, he was always in the back to middle back. He's a great enough closer to catch epicenter or secret. Oh, so uh, creative minister coming off two straight wins. 
uh, is undefeated around two turns, broke the maiden at Keeneland, and then turned around and won an allowance on Kentucky Derby Day just two weeks ago. Uh, like I said, both races around two turns. Um, his only loss, he just lost by a neck, uh, and it was in the seven furlong race. So uh, what about creative minister? Did you give him any thought whatsoever? Well, hasn't he only run like three times? Yeah, he has three starts. How do we know what he does? I'm sorry. You got to run more than three times before I get any kind of a feel. You know, he's always in the back or in the middle of the back. He's always in the back or the middle of the back because he's only run three times. I mean, I don't. Okay. I, you can't say never after the Kentucky Derby, yeah. you know? No. Uh, in this race, yes, I would say he has a chance. Mm hmm. But you can say that about almost every single one of them in this race. When you get right down to it, if if ep, something happens to Epicenter and he doesn't uh, fire, they do have a, a chance. I just don't think he's experienced enough, and I don't ever bet a horse that hasn't done anything in a stakes race, in, in a race like this. That's just a rule I have, and that's why I didn't even look at Rich Strike, one of the hundred reasons why I didn't look at Rich Strike. I mean, creative minister's got – better uh, back class than Rich Strike did. So sure you got to give it you got to give him a little bit of a look. I mean, I don't think I'll play him at all. But uh, who knows? After the Kentucky Derby, we can't really <laughs> we can't really <laughs> knock anybody out of here, can we? Yeah, that's his deal is you, you got to try to create value with one of these horses yes. that are 10, 12, 20 to one. And yes. he does seem to make the most sense to me. He's there for sure. It's, it's just a matter of if he's fast enough and you know, on paper, he's not, but he did take a nice jump from his second race to his third race. The, the bad part is it's a really tough race, you know, to make your first start against stakes company. Right. Yeah. yeah. In With the epicenter in there. Yeah. And secret oath. But the good news for creative minister is this is not a great preakness field. No. There are not heavy hitters in this no, group after the one. top one or two. Yeah. yeah. That's um, true. So you know what? I, I don't I don't hate him. I, I, I think playing him in like third yeah. makes a lot of sense. Gives you value. Yeah. We were looking, Jared and I were looking through past uh, Preaknesses where there were heavy favorites. Um, and the heavy favorite usually wins. And then it's usually like a kind of a longer price that comes in second. Sure. So, a lot. yeah, Creative Minister does kind of play into that role a little bit. Well, let me ask you this. If Epicenter goes down to three to five, let's say, mm -hmm. are you going to try to beat him in a trifecta maybe? I, see, I don't play that way because I I bet who I think is going to win. Well, yeah, um, that's the way I do too because you're not you got to bet who you think is going to win because yeah, you just do or you're not going to win the trifecta is what I'm saying. But some people don't do that. So what I would do and what I will do is put Epicenter on top of a try, and probably play Secret Oath or Early Voting in second, and then in third I would start to spice it up with Creative, creative. Minister, Skippy Longstocking, stuff mm -hmm. like that. What do you think of Happy Jack? Uh, Happy Jack, I don't like. What about you? Well, he's he's running some bigger races. I don't I don't like him either. Uh, 
I just wondered if you gave him any thought at all. I, I haven't given him any thought ever. Um, I felt like the Kentucky Derby was a race where he, he could have probably outran his odds uh, when it comes to his running style and the pace. It's like, yeah, he should have probably ran a little bit better than that. Right. So I'm not really I'm not really high on him. I, I know Dennis is high, not high on him, but Dennis thinks he can hit the board. He thinks he got a chance. I don't. Well, I know about a million of us thought he won the Kentucky Derby there for a minute. <laughs> that's true. This was the horse everybody thought won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, uh, I think we would feel differently if that actually was him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I tell you. Uh, this is a good question and, yes. and a good good discussion point. Uh, Rodney asked, "Why doesn't this uh, Why doesn't this race have the best three year olds? Why was it a big drop off from the Kentucky Derby to Preakness, twenty horse field to only nine? I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer as well. Do you, would you Would you like to answer? Or do you want me to? Well, I'm sure you've answered it a hundred times this this week, haven't you? So, Rodney, if I remember right, I think you said a couple of weeks ago you're newer to racing. I think you said that. okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, which so let me try to explain. Um, and maybe people watch. Some people watching know the answer, but uh, you know some don't. So they run this week, they run this race two weeks after the Kentucky Derby. Obviously, you know that. That is very, very abnormal nowadays. Horses do not run back on two weeks rest, hardly ever. Um, in the past, when this when they started this in the 1900s, that wasn't any big deal. Running back in two weeks, no big deal. Really, up until about 10 years ago, it right. really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you would you would run back in two weeks and you look at other preaknesses, you know, the top three, four horses out of the Kentucky Derby would always be here. Oh, you know, not, maybe not all of them. But, yeah, but you don't even there there wasn't even a oh, will they go to the preakness after the derby? They were just on their way. Things have really changed. Horses do not run back in two weeks. Not, horses, the, good, not the good ones, Rodney. Not not the good ones. Correct. Like we're talking about. Trainers like four to six weeks in between races now. And it's been a big debate on the channel, and I'm standalone on this, that the Triple Crown, if we want three the three best races with the three best horse or with the best horses in each of the races, you must space out the Triple Crown much differently than it is right now. So the, the, the short answer here that I made long is there's – this race is sucks and it's been sucking for the last three or four years because only the old school trainers are going to send their horses to this race. If they ran in the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely. And you yeah. look at the ones that are in here from yep. the Kentucky Derby. I don't know much about Sano or whatever his name, however you pronounce that. He's an old school guy. Okay. Yep. So you got him, you got Lucas, you got O'Neill and you got Asmussen. Mm-hmm. They're all guys that have been around a while. Yep. And that's a, a very good answer. And and while we're on this, because this is something we're going to discuss, it's not only affecting the Preakness, it's affecting the undercard and the black-eyed Susan is awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is pathetic. Yep. I don't know. I, I didn't look at it very closely because we didn't put it in the guide. Mm -hmm. Is did any Philly from the Kentucky Oaks run in the black eyed season? None. Not a damn one. No. So this is just verifying your stance on this. This mm -hmm. undercard is the most pitiful thing I've, 
I I mean, first of all, the purses are not very good. That is another mm-hmm. reason. I'm talking about the undercard. Yeah. They're not going to risk their good horse for a $100,000 race. No. There's a lot of those are $100,000 purses. So, and, 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 and Magic says, Rodney, you've been great in the chat, and I agree. We yeah. love having you. It's, it's been nice. But uh, and, and we love answering these types of questions. You uh, bet. You for the newer out. fans. That's, that's why the site is here. Um, so to kind of pop a dude's point as we pivot to that. Yeah. So what you'll see, Rodney, and I'm sure you've noticed if you, if you watch the Kentucky Derby, the undercard, all the, not all, the but a lot of really big horses right. were in that. And then what will happen is they now wait for the Belmont. The Belmont. Because the Belmont day is massive. The Belmont day is almost the best day in racing anymore, uh, other than maybe the Breeders' Cup, because they run so many great races. So once again, what gets left? The undercard of the Preakness, because it's two weeks after the Derby, then it's only three weeks to that card at Belmont. They're not going to run them in all three of those. No. So again, not the anymore. whole the whole thing gets hurt by the spacing of the in between the races. And like you said with the Black Eyed Susan, it's horrible. It's but, awful. But listen, uh, and and last thing, uh, Rodney, uh, Secret Oath is in this race, right? And thank God she is, because to me, with if this race without Secret Oath, it it, it would just be embarrassing. There's no story. Nothing. But the only trainer in the world that would run Secret Oath back in the Preakness is Lucas. He's 87 years old. He invented the old school, right? Yeah. So yeah. if he if he hadn't have won the 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 Kentucky Oath, she wouldn't be here either. So again. The trainers more and more aren't going to do it. No. And you have the Derby winner that's not here, and you got the third place finisher that's not here. Chad Brown skipped the Derby with early voting. He could have gotten that horse in the race. He skipped the Derby and went to the Preakness. Right. Because it's like, hey, he might win the Preakness, but I, he's not going to win the Preakness off two weeks rest after the Derby. Yeah. So but that's you, go it, ahead. It's it's just a trend that is going to go the opposite way. It's going to only get worse. And I think another reason, too, is, Rodney, the value of the horse, Mm -hmm. money-wise, has grown so much. That's another reason they're not going to risk their horse getting hurt for breeding purposes. You know, Uh, it's amazing how much these male horses make uh, as stallions. What was it with Curlin just to 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 breed with Curlin? Wasn't it like forty thousand something I like that? I can't remember the the number he's at now, but I mean it got up. It may have got. I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but yeah, I mean he's been in the forty fifty thousand range the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's a male, so think yeah. how much money he can make for you. Correct. As yeah. a stallion, well, if he gets hurt and maybe they have to put him down because they're afraid he's running in a race too soon yeah. after one, they're not going to do it. And that's what they're thinking. And even, you know, rich strike because he won the Kentucky Derby is going to be a good stallion. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's all you need to, 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 you know, somebody will want to breed with your horse. So anyway, it is uh well, Curtis says Curlin was 175,000 recently. Yeah, I knew he had been up to the six figures, but I didn't know how, how wow. far. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's still at one seventy five. Yeah. That's where the money is in right. horse racing. Yeah. And they're not going to risk because their horses are trained different than what they used to be. Mm-hmm. They're softer on them than what they used to be. And it's just the facts. Yeah. So let me throw this out here. Boy, this will really get some shit going. Should. Okay. You've been to Pimlico and you think it's a dump, right? Uh, I've never actually been. I've, oh, I thought you went to the Preakness. Mm-mm. Well, no. who have I talked to that has and they hated it? Thought it was a bad place. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I just am looking at the purses. I'm. I was shocked. Are you at the purses for a a yeah. a triple crown undercard? Yeah. They're not very good. I think what two fifty was the highest one. Yeah, and that's what Chris points out. And it, the purses aren't great, but no. you know, and that's that is part of the problem as well. Oh, uh, Rodney, it's much more valuable to have a great stallion mm-hmm. than a great mare, because a mare can only produce one colt mm-hmm. a year, while a stallion can produce as many as he can hold out. <laughs> so exactly. So Rodney, just for an example, let's let's take uh, Magic says Curlin is at one hundred and seventy-five thousand. So that's each mare he impregnates is 175,000. I don't know what the cap, they capped it. I don't know what the cap is now. Maybe Magic can chime in, but he could cover three or 400 mares. So just take three or 400 times 175,000. That's what a horse of that magnitude can produce in a year. And they always said about Curlin, he loved the ladies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, and it just makes sense that, a, 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 yeah. And, you know, you take a mare like Zenyatta, who everybody thought would have. Oh, it's 140. Okay. Okay. Who everybody thought would produce Colts. Yeah. Or, or uh, Colts, Phillies, whatever. Yeah. Champions. Champions. And she can't hardly, I don't know, some of them have not even lived, have they? And she had all kinds of problems with her. Falls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. So I'm doing the math. That is, uh, let's see, three, 20. Yeah. So if you breed 140 and at 175,000 a pop, that's $24 million. Yeah. That's in a year. And Curlin's going strong. And what yeah. is he now? About 20, 20 years old? Yeah. Let's see. He was three in 2007. So, yeah, so he's 18. Yeah. And he's. And- he, he, he just, ran when he was a four-year-old, so he started when he was five. Right. Just just for reference, if you ten thousand dollars, which is a stud fee for a, a a sire that's wasn't really even that great on the racetrack, that's still one point four million dollars they're putting yeah. out there. So yeah, that's, that's where the money is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's and that's why you're seeing these campaigns that they're having. Because to become a sire, the bar really isn't that high. You just have to win a couple of graded stakes races and you will become a sire. Oh, no question. Yeah. And you take, you know, you look at the purse. What is it? Two million for the Preakness somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Okay. The owner gets 60% of Mm -hmm. two million. It's 1.5. Oh, that's the purse? The purse is 1.5 million. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he gets... 60% 60% of 1.5. I'm doing that math in my head right now. That's $900,000. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes, that's a ton of money, but the trainer gets 90, roughly 10%, and the jockey, right? Mm -hmm. That's the going rate. Mm -hmm. So there's 180,000. So now you're down to 720. It costs money to ship that horse all mm -hmm. over the place. The point I'm trying to make is yeah, you make some money if you win enough of these. Yeah. But the real money is when they become a stallion. Well, even if you go out there and you do all that and you win and you come home with 700,000, which is obviously great. Sure. You can make that with no risk whatsoever in half yeah. of a breeding season if you have a good stallion. So Absolutely. And again, that that contributes to the how careful they are with these horses. So like I said, this isn't going to change. <laughs> it's only going to get worse and so they're not, you know, they're going to enter less and less into this race. So yeah, and, and and if you would do, you know, you're really interested in just go back 20 years, research and see how many times these three year olds run compared to now. Yeah, they just don't run very often, mm -hmm. and because uh, they don't want to get them hurt. So and this is another contributing factor. Most 90 percent should be 100 percent of these great horses are insured. Yes. It costs a lot of money for that insurance. Mm -hmm. And what that means is because if, if this horse breaks down, something happened to them, they can't breed, but they've got an insurance policy right. that could kind of cover some of those losses. Yeah. Certainly not going to cover it to the uh, you know, to the point of what they could have made, but still it's it's definitely something yeah. and it, it costs a lot to keep them going. Yeah. It it, it does. And and that's a, a problem with horse racing. A lot there's there's just problems in general. Mm -hmm. Because we fall in love with these three-year-olds that do well, but we don't hardly ever see them again after yeah. their three-year-old campaign. Yeah. And and that that hurts. But you can't blame the owners for retiring them and getting them into that breeding shed just as quick as they can. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you definitely can't. And, oh. you know, the deal is this is this these three races are are marquee events to market to the outside no public question about it. and when you have a horse like rich strike that captivated everybody's attention right. and now he's not running it really kills that outside audience people that are watching this show don't they, I mean, don't they probably want rich strike to be there but it's like we're gonna they're, we're all going to watch it better yeah. anyway yeah. but to capture new fans you need rich strike in this race and he's not. And I, right. that hurts. Um, and exactly. a great example of this for people that think I'm full of shit, my buddy or our buddy from uh, uh, Sirius XM, Patrick, who we got to be on his uh, Kentucky Derby show. He texted me today. I uh, know. Sorry. He texted me yesterday. He said, Hey, I uh, just want to let you know, we were all set to do a Preakness show. And the second rich strike backed out, they canceled it. Absolutely. Because the, the the radio network that he works for was like that I don't there's no need to do it. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah. And they're marketing not to horse people, they're marketing that outside public. And Absolutely. so there it is. And so to the people that think, oh, you're making too much of it, I'm not. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens well, with horse racing. Yeah. People just assume Derby, Preakness, Belmont, oh, everybody's into it. No. If there's not a triple crown on the line at Belmont, the general public goes away. And if yeah. the Derby winner's not at the Preakness, the general public goes away. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the other factor is, too, the big networks that are cover or 
carrying this. They've probably they've already got the advertising sold for this one, but down the road, mm -hmm. they're going to have trouble selling the advertising because this is not a major event without Rich Strike being in it, unless what you just said, you are a horse racing person. Yep. I mean, yep. if you've got something else to do on Saturday afternoon, you're going to do it. Yeah, and you're not watching this race. No, absolutely not. And, and again, and like Joe Paul says, horse people, sure, like something like that makes sense. He said he's glad he isn't running. Charismatic taught me you can't, you can't overlook a, a derby fluke. And so it's true. A lot of people that are betting, whether they want to admit it or not, probably would have put him on a ticket, even oh, sure. though they kind of think he's kind of flukish. And then he's either going to, you know, waste your money because he runs like six. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, why did I do that? Or he's yeah. going to win and you left him off and you're like, how did I leave the derby winner off? You know, so yeah. from a betting standpoint, it, some of us are kind of glad he's not there because he's he's just kind of a problem that you don't want to deal with. <laughs> exactly. you know? But again, that's not who we're talking about really with this. No. It's like the general public, they don't they don't care mm -hmm. about this race right now. And Secret Oath might appeal a few to a few of them for sure, but not very many. An 80 to 1 Kentucky Derby winner was going to yes. appeal to the masses. So you ask most people, you know this, I know this, but I didn't know this mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Only three year olds run in the Kentucky Derby. You go to Walmart and you take a survey, there might be one out of 100 people that know that. Yep. They don't really know that Phillies don't run with males. Yep. They don't really know that. So that story about the Philly going against the males is not going to carry much weight. But like you said, an 80 to one Kentucky Derby winner was the story. That was the story of the Kentucky Derby. And if that horse was running into Preakness, don't think there wouldn't be some interest because there would be. Yeah. And that's the facts. And I don't care who wants to argue with me. You are wrong. No, that's that, the facts. No, it's hundred percent. Like I said, I have a fact, a major radio network canceled yes. a show when he pulled out. Yeah. I don't want to hear any other. That's that right there is the biggest art. NBC Sports Radio said we're not doing a show when he pulled out. Exactly. <laughs> so the, 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 that, that's just the facts of the matter. If it, he, he was an, an attraction. Well, uh, I've got a little, you know, I have to go to a wedding Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what time is the race? What time's it go? Around five, five thirty, something. Let's like see it. what it's. It's going to go off at six o'clock. Six o'clock, our time. Okay, the wedding starts at five thirty. Yeah, and I've got to be honest, I won't check my phone till seven, probably. Yeah. Because I, I, if 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 Rich Strike was running, I guarantee you, as soon as that wedding's over, I'm going to check my phone to see who wins. But I don't. Just I really, I mean, I probably will, but I'm not as excited as I would be, yeah. you know, and I don't have to go to this wedding. It's my neighbors across the street and I feel like I should go and Sandy's doing the cake and everything. Mm -hmm. So I got to go help her. But if there was a big interest, more interest, I could get out of this pretty easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't really care that much. Yeah. And I'm pretty much into horse racing. Not not as much as you, but I pretty much am. But I'm not going to kill myself because I don't get to watch the race. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Well, when the Derby winner's not at the Preakness, it hurts it. And that's just the facts of it. Yeah. 
Um, but changing tradition is very, very difficult. I mean, I know, but it is. I know, I know, but it shouldn't. It it now it's getting to the point where if 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 this if this is the major story of the Preakness, then something needs to be changed, right? Mm -hmm. We should be talking about the horses, not. The fact uh, the horses aren't here. <laughs> right, exactly. This is American classic. I think so. we also ought to point out that it's not only affecting the Preakness, it's affecting the Black Eyed Susan for Phillies on Friday yeah, and the undercard all day long on Saturday. There's just, you go down through there, yeah. there's hardly any big names no. on that undercard. Well, let's talk about the undercard. Okay. What horse on the undercard do you feel the most confident about on Saturday? Uh, probably I, I feel the most confident about technical analysis in race five. Okay, so we'll move up to the fifth race here. Um, there it is. Fifth race, like I said, technical analysis is the four horse. Uh, this is the Gallaret Stakes, a grade three going one and one sixteenth miles mm -hmm. on the turf. Technical, she's mine as well. I feel most confident about yeah. her. What are your kind of thoughts on? on well, I just think her past is better than anybody else's. She's she's won a grade three and a grade two. Yeah, she was second in a grade one. I think she's far and away better than anything else. The trainer jockey combination is there. Uh, she's not going to be seven. I don't. I can't believe she's seven to five anyway. Well, like Crystal Cliffs is decent horse too. Yeah, and she could, or he could, uh, make a difference. I just like the horse. I, that's who. That's who I like the best out of all of them. Uh, I'm glad you chose that too. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that stuck out when I went through all of these. Seems to be ready to run a pretty nice race. Um, yeah, last time out, kind of got her feet back under her. The second start of the year. Not a lot of pace in this race, and I think that's a big thing. Yeah. You can kind of just take the gate to wire. I was the same way. I like technical yeah. analysis a lot. Now, let's cover this because Joe Pa asked, uh, not ethereal road in the 11th. So let's talk about the 11th okay. race. Who did you like on top? In that I, picked, I picked him. Okay, so you picked ethereal road on top. By the way, yeah. this is the Sir Barton stakes, $100,000 going mm -hmm. a mile 16th on the dirt. You picked ethereal road. Talk about him a little bit. Well, I just feel like He's been in much better races than any of the race, uh, any of the other horses in there, yeah. and he's not run that bad. You know, he's he's been there. He's been close. He hasn't run awful. I don't think he's very good. This is a freaking hundred thousand dollar stakes race, though. How good yeah. do you have to be? Yeah. So I like his back class. I do like the five. I think the five is a major threat, also. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he he's not great by any stretch of the imagination i can't really get real confidence and to say that he's my favorite on the rest of the card you know i just can't yeah uh, i'm a little worried that he didn't run him in the derby which was because he wasn't doing very well mm -hmm. but you know he's had two weeks and everything so uh i picked him though because i think he's got a shot I yeah. really do. Now, did you go with him or did you go with Fiverr? Um, I put him, I put him on uh, in third. I went with B Doc. 
Uh, I like him too. On top. I think the race last time out was a real standout performance. And you, I watched the replay of that carefully a couple of times because I was a little bit like, yeah, was that just kind of a fluke? And he certainly kind of just looked like he woke up, uh, you know, took yeah, the blinkers I, off of him and he just ran a really, really improved race. I think if he wins or excuse me, if he runs that race back, he will win. The question mark is, can he do it two times in a row? Right. Um, and when you look at class, Ethereal Road or Ethereal Road has the class without any doubt. It's yep. just does he does he have the talent level exactly. that B Doc does? Exactly. Yeah. And I like in the twelfth. Mm-hmm. I like Karatari. Uh, uh, I think his name is. Yeah, the the, the fast sprinter there. Yeah, Karatari. Uh, uh, yes, three for 12th. three. Yep. I like him. That's my uh, second best uh, pick on the yep. other. I like that horse as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that horse has got a shot. Dennis chimes in. He likes quick, quicksand AA, the Arabian in the 14th race. That's my pick also. <laughs> <laughs> quicksand AA. Yeah, he's been around forever. How old is that horse now? He is nine. That's what I thought. Nine yeah. years old. He's been around forever. By the way, Dennis heading to Churchill. So good luck uh, today at Churchill. Oh, uh, yeah. My light card starts in two hours, I think, or one hour, maybe. Um, let's see. Leave it to Dennis. His 71. best one would be an Arabian. Dennis loves the Arabians and he loves the uh, jumpers at Saratoga too. So, oh yeah, all yeah, right. That's just around the corner. We can we can bet that. So, uh, uh, Joe Pa doesn't like the layoff for Caratori. That is the question mark. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily disagree with your thought process. If you want to try to beat that horse, um, I picked them because I don't love much else in here. No. The three a little bit. Seven cents a little bit. Hollis a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Mr. Hustle at 10 to 1, I like a bit. Um, but I don't know. I think I just think Kartari will show up and run pretty well. Um, and if he does, he's going to win. So there you go. Best show on YouTube. Let's go. Dudes who best Okay, sport. thank you. Don't let out the insane asylum. At uh, 250, and so he got right to his phone to tweet that one out. Yeah. <laughs> well, he could have been busy. Yeah, well, no, yeah, they didn't let it. Don't, maybe it's listening, you know, the last 10 minutes of the hour, they let him listen in the insane asylum. So. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so we had a commenter once, <laughs> back in the day on the Rocket Hour, <laughs> Dennis made the comment, he's like, did they let out the insane asylum and let that guy in here? <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, Joe Paul likes it too, man. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We try to be as interactive as possible with the commenters, and that's why it's a good show. We don't have the comments. It's not, you and I can't carry it all by ourselves. I could carry it, but you Well, I can too, but I'm trying to be nice. (laughs) It's uh, it's so much better, though, when, when we have people chiming in. So, Yep. Tell no us doubt. Your, no your doubt. Mind. So let's uh, let's change gears. I think we've, we've covered this Preakness card. And by the way, we would do a little more, but <laughs> you've got Magic Mike coming on in about an hour. They'll cover it. And then you got Blinkers Off coming on in about three hours. And of course, we'll cover it. So uh, that's kind of yeah, our I overall thoughts. And then you'll get a lot, lot more yeah. uh, coming up on those shows as well. Let's move on to. You might want to hang on, people. Hang on when we get to the blues here. This might be 
We're talking about the Blues hockey team. Yeah. This might be worth you hanging around for a little while. Well, first of all, <laughs> I tried to tell him. I tried to tell you. You picked Florida. Oh, this play. one. No, not this one didn't surprise me. Tampa Bay dominates Florida. In no, they one. didn't. Tried to tell they didn't Florida dominate them. Tried to tell everybody that no. They did not dominate him. They dominated. He did beat him. Yeah. Never in doubt. No. <laughs> That's why you picked Florida tonight. Well, I think Florida bounces back in game two. Okay. It up. But Florida is <laughs> See, not winning. Right. We had a different we had a different we had the games wrong. Okay. We both thought it was going to be one one. Right? Out of the first two. Mm-hmm. I thought the Lightning would be a little bit weary after the Toronto series. I know I I screwed up. And I probably screwed up tonight, too. My thinking is tonight, they've got that one win, and they may not be as focused tonight. Now i got to go now. I'm going to show people what you can do. You can go to RacingDudes.com and go to these free NHL picks. And you can see who we picked, and we've all picked Florida. Look at this. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> there you go. I mean, what is your thinking? My thinking is tonight Florida has to win. They have to win. That's why I picked Florida. I think you see a desperate Panther team tonight. I think so, too. And they've, they've been a good bounce-back team. And when their backs are against the wall, uh, they've, they've responded pretty well. Wouldn't bet a nickel on it at all. And I, I just wouldn't because this Tampa team, it's dumb to bet against them. It's just yeah. dumb to bet against them. And especially with the goalie, mm-hmm. who was phenomenal in game one, 33 saves. And here's the deal with Florida, Aaron. I don't know whether you've noticed this or not. They have not scored a power play goal in the playoffs. They're not going to beat Tampa Bay if they don't get that straightened out. When you get into the playoffs, experience of winning is everything. They don't have it. Do you know, I didn't realize this, and I may have these dates a little bit wrong. They hadn't won a playoff round since they went to the finals. And I'm thinking they said 1993 or 96. I think it was, was it, it was in the early 90s. Um, I want to say ninety three, but I, ah, that's yeah. that's I, that can't be twenty nine years ago. I that was go. the run of John Van Beesbrook. Yes, and they had to. Yeah, is they, that thirty years ago? I I just refuse to believe that. I don't think I'm I'm thinking ninety six, and that's still about the same thing. I think the Red Wings won it in ninety six. John Van Beesbrook's been around. That was a long time ago. I was very young. I know that. Okay. But that could have been 93 or 96. And they but, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup. Yep. And they got eliminated in four games by Colorado. Yeah. The and I had not realized they had not won a playoff round since. They've been in the playoffs a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay, there it is, 96. 96. Okay, well, I, I knew it was one or the other. So you're absolutely – when you start looking at experience – that is a huge key in this series. And, you know, everybody's thinking it might go seven. I'm not sure it's going to. And it sure ain't going to if Tampa wins tonight. Listen, I think Toronto was a better team than Tampa. 
I do too. But I don't think with Toronto, when the chips were down, they were not going to beat that team because they're Toronto and the other team's Tampa. And the other yep. team has Valeski. Valeski is the difference. He's fantastic. Yeah. Then why did I pick Florida tonight? Well, because it's it's game two. It's at home. They have to win. <laughs> Florida has has a lot of talent. I mean, I I have Florida picked. We all three picked Florida. So yeah, and we we all probably all had a little struggle with it. I did. Yeah, and I struggled. I wanted to pick Tampa Bay really bad in the first game. I just thought they might that Toronto series might have taken a little out of them, and Florida might get them, yeah. and it didn't happen. So. It, All right. It's, it's going to be a great game tonight. Let's move on to the circus that will take place in Colorado tonight. Oh, shit. The Blues lose in overtime three to two. They should have lost nine to one in mm-hmm. regulation, but it mm-hmm. didn't happen. They got to overtime. It kind of had the feel of, oh, wow, the Blues are going to win this game. That's like, right. They're going to steal this game. Yeah. Get into overtime, get out shot 13 to nothing. And this is in eight minutes, folks. Eight minutes. They got outshot 13 to nothing in overtime against the Avalanche. Of course, you know how it finishes. If mm-hmm. I said they got outshot 13 to nothing, they couldn't have won because they nope. didn't even get a shot. No. If Colorado had an open net, the Blues still wouldn't have won in overtime. No, because they couldn't get the puck in the zone. That's right. Well, All right. The- game two. Uh-huh. Speak- speaking of the Sane Asylums, it looks like Curtis is picking the Blues tonight. Um, <laughs> what What are your thoughts on game two in Colorado tonight? Well, okay, I sat there and I watched what you watched. And I don't want to discredit Bennington in any way. I shouldn't even throw this out there because he was fantastic. But Colorado hit the post six times. Right. That means six pucks got past him. Not his fault. Don't. Yeah. I'm not faulting him at all. Six. Posts. I don't think I've ever seen a game where the post was hit six times. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the the frame that holds the netting of the net. Mm-hmm. Hit it six times, which means you're very close to scoring. So even if two of those go in, which, you know, that's not very many, mm-hmm. you, you're still – the Blues are going to get blown out because they're going to get behind. They're going to have to play different, and who knows what's going to happen. So yeah. I won't take anything away from Bennington, but that, like you said, could have been 9-1, to one and he played very, very well. Yeah. Now, the thing that pisses me off the most is we sit here and we talk about how you've got to steal a game on the road somewhere mm-hmm. when you're not quite as good as the other team. And I think most of us will acknowledge the Blues aren't as good as Colorado. I don't know that anybody is, except maybe Tampa. So here was the golden opportunity. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought the Blues played okay in the third period. I thought they played better. In the, the last 10 period. minutes of the third period, yes, they played better. They played yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. They weren't awful in the first period. But that was the worst hockey team I have ever seen in the second period. They were yep. just pathetic. Yep. And it was 2-1, to one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because of him. And the hit in the post. Right. So they tie the game with like four minutes left. They've got all the momentum. Okay. So they get a, a, a penalty with like, what, a minute 30 to go, something like that in regulation, which was questionable. The penalty was questionable. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I thought to myself, okay, if they can kill this penalty off, because it stretched on about what, 31 seconds into the overtime yep. penalty or 41, something like that. Yep. So I was thinking, okay, if they can kill this off, they're going to win this game. Yep. You thinking that? Yep. They had it was just scripted, just perfect. They should have had all the momentum coming out in overtime. If you watch hockey, it felt like they were going to win yeah. when they killed that off. Because yeah. first of all, the Blues aren't bad. No, it's not like the Dallas series with Calgary, where Calgary was a much better team than Dallas, and that goalie was just standing on his head. And it's the only reason that series was close. Yeah, which was the same thing that happened. But the Blues are better than Dallas. Yeah. They're better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And to come out and get outshot 13 to zero in overtime is inexcusable. Yeah. There is no excuse for that. Yep. Uh, Tarasenko did not show up. <laughs> Absolutely worthless. Didn't do any, And I love Tarasenko. Yeah. I don't know where he was. He was Tarasenko. There's no doubt about that. Well, listen, there were, there were about four guys that I thought played. Well, five. Riley played good. O'Reilly was good. Shin was good. Yeah. Uh, Baron, that line was good. That was it. That was it. Justin Falk, I thought, played good. Well, yeah, he always does. And then Bennington, and that's it. The rest of that's them, it. you might as well have you and I and Curtis up there. Have you ever seen Pareko play worse? Well, he's awful. I mean, he's... He was a, he was scared. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they played timid the whole yeah. game. And how can a team that beat Minnesota like they did and have so much experience and have so many guys that can put the puck in the net play like that. Yeah. Well, it game. isn't an, it isn't a new problem. They cannot match up with Colorado. No. And you sure can't when you don't think you can. And yeah. cause here's the thing. I give them no chance tonight. Do you? No, none. In fact, the pick I made, you can't, bet the money line on Colorado. There's no, obviously Vegas gives them no chance because somebody in Vegas watched the damn game. I don't know. Yeah. What. I mean, and so Bennington can't play that good again. He can't. No. Uh -uh. He's, he saved 51 shots. Well, and that doesn't and, count the ones that hit the post. And in the overtime, he was making miraculous. Saves. Oh my God. <laughs> no. I don't know that he could have got out of bed yesterday. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He had to be beat up from the pucks hitting him, and he yeah. was flopping all over the ice. Well, when you he, think about it, they hit six posts, mm -hmm. and he robbed six more shots that oh, should yeah. have been goals. Now, somebody, I don't know if this is true, but somebody I heard on the, say, when you hit the post, that's not a shot on goal. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's 60 shots. Yeah. <laughs> this, it, it's uh, the worst performance I can remember for the Blues playing when they've had a good team. Ever. I I think they'll bounce back and play a better game tonight. I do too, but Bennington's not going to play as well. He can't. But when you when you look at all the factors, okay, the Blues bounce back and play a better game. Well, they still could lose by three goals. It's a better game from that no is not going to be good enough. Like it's going to have to be a total one eighty for the Blues. Well, yes, and then he's still going to have to play. And this is a very game. very well. Oh yeah. He'll have to play well the whole series. Any game he doesn't play tired. well, it's an automatic loss. Yeah. yeah, he has to be tired. He has to. He has to. And the Blues got the lead in this game. I mean, you know, they they had all their chances oh, to they steal did. one. They did. They didn't. 
So, and it's so aggravating, yeah. Because this, you know, to me, they lost the series like Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. That was their chance because we talked about on Monday. They have to win a game in Colorado. It's just the way it is. They mm-hmm. have to. That yeah. was the game that they had to win. I know it's not being anything can happen, but yeah, they're in big trouble. Yes, and I don't know. They do have a way of bouncing back sometimes. When oh, you I, I think they will play a good game tonight. I don't think they're capable of beating them. That's you know what I'm worries me? That? They got all those shots, and they didn't have, what, two power plays the whole game? Yeah, they, I think they had three, yeah. And the Blues only had one scored. Yeah, and the Blues killed off all three of Colorado's. Yeah. Probably what you're going to see tonight is a St. Louis team try to goon the game up. I think so, too, and I think that's going to get them in the penalty box. Oh, it'll lead to, like, ten penalties. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. They were in the penalty box all night when they weren't in the penalty box. That's what the game looked like. That's what it looked like, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but it was um, second period, I think. A Colorado guy got the puck just before center ice and skated through four blues and got right to the net. Yeah. He just went around four of them. They were just standing still, and I don't remember who it was. Skater. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Oh, when he gets the puck, oh, God, they just back it. off. Yeah. So that's the thing. Off. That's why they didn't take any penalties. They weren't close enough no. to any of their players to get penalties. No. And if you know Baruby like we do, uh-huh. I can see smoke coming yeah. out of his ears in the press conference. Yes. He's very guarded about what he says. Yes. You know, he's pretty calm, but he's not. But he acts it, you know, and when he says, it, we didn't have the puck, we didn't work hard enough when we got the puck, well, you know what the, what the answers, what, what his thoughts are. Yeah. The best part of the game was Shin trying to break his stick over there in the penalty box. Well, that was a terrible call, and he was he was upset. <laughs> That was so funny. They yeah. couldn't get that stick broke. <laughs> no, he was bad. He, he played well. But he always does. He's not afraid of anybody. No, he's not. And neither is O'Reilly and, and Perron. No. And that, no. like, like I said, that line was fine. The rest of them. The other answer is, where is Johnson? He has know. disappeared the entire playoffs. It, yeah. He's just not played. I mean, he hadn't done a thing. No. And he was fantastic in the regular season. So Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. The thing to watch tonight is, We'll see if they're trying to goon it up by how many penalties they get right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. So the only thing is when they try to goon it up, they don't have any goons. Yep. Shin's they the really only don't. one. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They they're not as a, a, a as heavy of a team as they were in nineteen. Nah. They're more they're more skilled. They don't now. have a guy that can sit out there and get a fight going. So. No, they really don't. They but really don't. anyway, that's what it is. Well, who you, who you got in the Miami game tonight? God, I got to be honest. I, this NBA stuff is boring me to death. <laughs> I don't care. I picked Miami, but I'm not going to watch a second of it. I'm not going to lie to people. I, it is so boring to me. You know, after the first round, it hasn't been as good. The first it's round was awful. Great. It's yeah. been awful. There have been some bad one-sided games. And it's, now, been like a week, it's been a week straight of just yeah. – now, the Boston game was kind of interesting the other night. It wasn't that bad. But the Golden State game uh, 
with Dallas last night was super bad. Honestly, so. I would go find what I don't. I don't know. I haven't even looked this up. I would go find what price Golden State is to win the whole thing right now, and I would bet. <laughs> <laughs> they just look so much better than these other teams. They are when they're hitting that three ball. That's and for it's sure. like if they lose, it's just stupid. So <laughs> I I love Golden State at this point. I mean, yeah, I I do too. My uh, I don't no, know. I guess Miami's they're tough, but well, you know, Miami beat them Tuesday night, but yeah. Marcus Smart didn't play. Yeah. And Horford didn't play. Yeah. And they were they got outplayed three of the four quarters. Now statistics are for losers. Yeah. One quarter they didn't they they won. They outscored Boston 39 to 14. <laughs> so I don't know what happened in that quarter for the Celtics. Yeah. They get smart back tonight, probably. He's gonna help. But Horford's in uh, health and safety protocol, whatever the hell that means. By the way. Everybody's yes. getting COVID again. Yes. Jimmy Kimmel's got it again. Samich has it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, uh, Colbert's uh, had it. Stephen Colbert. Kimmel's the wrestling it. show I listened to, three of their four guys have had it. Are you kidding week. me? No. Everybody has COVID again. Darn. I wonder what's going on. Yeah. I wonder how <laughs> when you ignore a pandemic and just move on, it tends to happen. So. Um, yeah, I'll probably get it for the third time is what I'm thinking. Well, you're pretty prone to it. Well, let's see. I go to Vegas next week. So oh, what are the chances that I'm going to be very COVID good. free? Uh, yeah. I don't think I've known anyone that's got it three times. So you will be the first. That's what I'm going for. I know two people, you and somebody I used to teach with, uh, over at Sir Cox. I was over there the other day getting ready for driver's ed. She's had it twice. And yeah. I believe that's the only two I know. That's had it twice. It's it's weird because I definitely thought we would get it at the Kentucky Derby. And yes. as far as I know, nobody got it from there. And before you say Samich, he did not get it from there. Okay. He got yeah, it when he got home. So Okay. Yeah. Um, because none of us have it. Uh, you know, so well I don't know. I don't know either. And you and you're not out too much except when you went to the Derby. I mean other than racing trips, I, I'm hardly ever out. Yeah, I mean, you go out to eat, but you don't really get close to people that much. No. Now, again, going to Vegas. So, that, like I said, COVID number three is on the way. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm pumped for it. Oh, that's funny. <sighs> anyway. All right. Well, we got Magic Mike coming up soon, so we better get off here, I guess. Um, okay. Magic, if you're still here, tell the people what you're covering. You told me and I didn't listen. Um I, yeah, I think... we've got that coming up, and we've got blinkers up off coming up. I mean, sometime the guide will be out, and yeah, and then so we got a lot going on. Friday we have a a Preakness show. Okay, the Pimlico late pick four for Magic. Oh, League. here we go. And then be... you know, um, blinkers off will do something. And I want to know if Curtis uh, needs any baby formula. Oh yes, Curtis. He, uh, he needs some for himself, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, his little one might be past that stage. No, no. No, I guess not. I guess not. Well, what is he, about four or five now, Magic? I can't remember. <laughs> He's not four or five. <laughs> well, he's six, I think. You're right. 
Um, uh, anyway, uh, he's fully on human food. Okay, you're no, he's fully on human food because he, he's like four or five years old. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. Months. Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half months, not years. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, late pick four. Most people uh, would say he's would, a year old. Correct. Yes. They wouldn't say he twelve was, and a half months. He was born on Kentucky Derby Day uh, last year. Oh, he was. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Pretty cool. So he's a. Uh, He's around. He's still going strong. I saw, I saw a picture of him. He's doing good. Um, so late pick four. Colson will have his picks as well for Saturday. And then, yeah, blinkers off. We'll do something. And then mm -hmm. Friday we'll have a show. And then Saturday we'll be live for the Preakness. Um, and probably a lot of the undercard. So a lot going on. A lot going on. Any final thoughts before I sign us up? No. I don't think okay. I've had enough for today. Me too. Me yeah. Too. You'll see me again, though. So if you want more, wish of me, I could uh, get out of this wedding, but well, not gonna happen. That's <laughs> you know. Then I got to go to another one next week. So <laughs> wedding season is upon us. You know, Sandy and I have not been to a wedding the whole time we've been together. Now we got two back to back, and we could have had three. Mm. I didn't go to one last weekend uh, that I could have. So. Three straight. I thought you were going to say they called it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't. All right, folks, we're going right. to get out of here. Thanks everybody for watching. Um, hey, we'll be back. I think we're going to do a Sunday show next week because um, I'll be traveling mm -hmm. on Monday. So Sunday show. Oh, you're traveling this Monday? Yes, so I'll be gone. So okay. it's either no show or a Sunday show. Which one do you want to do? Uh. Well, let's if we do one, let's do it in the evening. Yeah, we'll do it Sunday evening. I tell you what, if the Preakness is not won by an eighty to one shot, we will do it. <laughs> if it is won by an eighty to one shot, we will not do it. How about that? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. All right, and everybody. We'll have, uh, we'll have more uh, things we can talk about on hockey and basketball yeah. by that time too. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Okay. All right, everybody. We're gonna get out of here. We got a lot of shit coming up. Just stay tuned. Keep, keep watching YouTube. It'll alert you. And we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.